Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Jordan Talks Titans, Season 3, Episode 2. <sighs> it is, let's see here, 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Oh, boy. Ugh. Okay, so I guess I'm here for the ride again. Fuck me. All right, so hi. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, Season 3, Episode 1. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, uh, apparently they put three episodes out instead of once a week, so I guess I have to watch three episodes over the course of a weekend. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so, hey, it's Titans. It's the DC Titan show on HBO Max, and uh, it's just me recapping the show. So, uh, if, if you're just joining us, uh, we're going to go episode by episode recapping the show. Uh, it's been about a year or so since the pandemic started, and now Titans is back. Uh, which leads me to explain, uh, this is the, this episode's called Red Hood. Uh, so this is gonna be an old, pretty much a Jason Todd origin story kind of episode. Um, which is kind of weird, because, um, before, uh, last season's, uh, season two of, of Titans, so many things in the DC universe hasn't really kicked off. Uh, Joker, for instance, didn't even release yet. The whole Jokerfication of, of of mankind didn't really exist. Would you believe it? There was a world before the Joker movie of Joaquin Phoenix. That I heard that if you um, if you watch that movie, it has like a stigmata. Uh, it, it, very bizarre. Skittle scattle buzz buzz. Uh, it gets me Joker-fied, hey. Uh, so, it is a very, very weird. I mean, like, then there was, like, what? There was the Suicide Squad. There was a Birds of Prey movie. Like, all sorts of things have been going out. The DC Fandom was there. There was a Bat the Robert Pattinson Batman is in the works. Um, but here we are, Titans, Season 3. Uh, this episode is not as good as Episode 1. <laughs> Uh, however, if you are somebody who is a fan of Red Hood and Nightwing, uh, and I know there are a lot of you out there who loves that sort of like uh, fan service because it's your two favorite Robin boys just fighting for your affection or something. Because one's one's a real bad guy with a bad, and one's a wholesome good guy and a red team blue team situation. Uh, this this is the episode for you. So it. it this is one of those things where it's, no, it's not the worst episode, but it's not the best episode. Uh, this is clearly an episode that's made for fan service, and I would say uh, it still has gotten a little better, but this one is very, very uh, Dark Knight Rises situation, which is, I guess, kind of fun, but also... Uh, the other consensus I have with this episode is that whoever wrote this probably watched Queen's Gambit over the week and just got really obsessed with chess uh, when writing this. And I really hope it's like some hilarious bit where it's like they had this whole chess bit in, in the episode. Uh, and then Queen's Gambit came up and everyone thinks they plagiarized. I think that would also be the case, uh, which would also be pretty funny. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that too. Uh, this is all on HBO Max. You can watch all the episodes on HBO Max. But because of my uh, dedication, 
uh, and promise to Jack and Ian, uh, while I will be talking about Titans, this is not a Titans recap podcast, even though it is a Titans recap podcast. This is more of a, 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 a theory about HBO Max and whether or not you should get it. So for all intents and purposes, this is an HBO Max review show. It just happens to be Titans, Season 3, Episode 2. So, um, yeah, just tell people that, okay, just even though this is Titans and it's just me, uh, we'll deal with that too. All right, so I guess we should get started on the recap. Here we go. Titans, Season 3, Episode 2, Red Hood. That, that's that's the episode. <clears throat> so let's get this started. Uh, previously on Titans. Oh no, Jason Todd's dead. We'll meet up. Nice to meet you, Barbara Gordon. It's me, uh, Nightwing. Nice to meet you too. Uh, as you go, it's me. I'm Bruce Wayne. I just killed Joker. Bye-bye. And then we moved on. So let's go. Gotham City. It's raining. There's a warehouse. All of the drug dealers meet up and don't know who made this mysterious phone call. They talk about the rumor of Joker's head being smushed up. Uh, and how it can't be Batman. Batman doesn't kill. Uh, and then as one guy's like, yeah, this is all bullshit. I'm leaving. A duffel bag falls from the rafters. Open it. Says a mystery voice as they shoot up in the ra- as they shoot the rafter with guns. Pew, pew, pew. And everyone thinks it's quiet. Open the bag. And then a sniper rifle no scopes one of the bosses. Pew, who the fuck is this guy, henchman? Uh, drug addict guy uh, gets shot in the chest with a grappling hook. <laughs> and then an elevator pulley entrance, which the first introduction of the Red Hood. Hold for applause, everybody. Red Hood's here. Uh, Red Hood. Guys, you got your first instance of Red Hood in a DC prop, like live action DC property. Are you excited? Excited, folks? Red Hood, Jason Todd. It's it finally here. You guys, you guys holding for applause? You guys laughing? You guys going, holy shit? Okay, none of you are caring. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Red Hood's here. No waiting, no mystery, no uh, let's, let's somber about the death of Jason Todd. Just straight up into Red Hood. Problem is, uh, it doesn't sound like Jason Todd. Like, they didn't get current to read the lines. Unless they did a really bad modulation of it, it just sounds like like a deep voiced man, like like uh, like they just got Master Chief from Halo, uh, and then it's like a really weird plastic red skull mask with white eyeball things, with no expression, almost kind of like the Mister Miracles. If you ever draw that or see any comic covers, it's just this like really bland looking mask. With this voice, they used to sound like a, yeah, whatever, dick. You know, I'm already so cool. I'm going to be to now open the bag, please. Please open the bag. Open the bag. So this old lady opens the bag, and I guess you can figure out what's in there. That's right. It's a severed head. Because it's a severed head. It's always a severed head in these 
duffel bags. But it's not the Jokers. I should point this out. I was expecting it to be the Jokers severed head. Like Red Hood was the one that actually killed the Joker. But no, no. I guess we're still following along with it's Bruce Wayne that killed the Joker, uh, and and not Batman. Batman doesn't kill, but Bruce Wayne does. <laughs> um, and then someone at the table goes, "That's Danny." That's my sister's kid. All your number twos are in there. Which, once again, weird phrasing because poop? It's poop in the duffel bag? If number twos are in the bag, wouldn't it be poop? You really didn't think of this through, did you, Jason? Why Why would you shit in a duffel bag and just drop it and show off people? Hey, guys, I came you all here to the show. Poop in the duffel bag. <clears throat> Who the fuck are you? The guy you want on your side to protect you from Batman. Batman's gone. I re- wait. Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> Batman's gone. I retired him. Check the sky at night. No more bat signals. No more nightmares. Any problems with cops or masks? I take care of them for forty percent. And trust me. You're going to make a lot more. So now he's working at deal to try and uh, get get some of the money from the drug dealers for 40%. So it's 60-40. And uh, no more cops, no more masks. He'll take care of it. A uh, guy pulls out a gun, about to shoot the Red Hood. Red Hood just shoots him point blank. Drug dealers comply and drop their guns at the table. Any, oh, any more questions? And then we cut to the glorious <laughs> You're watching Titans on on HBO Max. Okay, first we go to each uh, Washington DC. He has a hilarious mustache now and he is a cop on a bicycle around DC. As Spirit in the Sky plays in the background. Uh, as we're not going to get the rights to play that, uh, we're going to do a cover version of that in the background. Somehow, that's what happens. All right, so uh, <clears throat> we we got the Spirit of Sky playing. I think we're hearing that. I remember hearing that song in Gardens of the Galaxy and maybe Suicide Squad. I don't know. Maybe this song is just really, really cheap to license out. Uh, but anyway, uh, the cop talks to a cop about being an undercover cop, and his name is Todd with one D, or T-O-D. Todd's trying to figure out what was his undercover job beforehand, Hank, as he's wearing this mustache and blue, and like, basically try, trying to look like a comedic Reno 911 character. Uh, so Todd's like, are you in the Secret Service? Were you CIA? Well, what, what were you trying to be? What were you? Come on, Hank, you could tell me. Were you a cop? You have to tell me if you were a cop. Where were you, huh? And then, uh, I guess, Hank has got so fed up and just was honest and went, I was a bird, Todd. A big red bird with latex talons and a composite beak-like helmet. He then goes down to the tunnel and is trying to stop a shoplifter because shoplifting is just really bad in DC. Dove then flies down uh, and just stops a person who 
Looks like they were holding grocery shopping bags. I don't, I don't know what was going on. Uh, it leads to uh, a nice discussion about, hey, want to grab a coffee? I had lunch. Uh, but are you a boat salesman now? I'm a broker. Oh, you still got it. Always will. And then Hank arrests the, the shoplifter. All right, we cut to Gotham City Police Department. Dick enters the area. Gordon's assistant doesn't trust him. Babs goes to Dick and asks what happened with Bruce. His plane left at 11.20 p.m. and then vanished in the air. Dick's, Dick explains that Bruce woke him up with a bloody crowbar. Batman is over. He's leaving Gotham for good. And he told him to be a better Batman. Uh... Barbara says, oh, so like a try-to-reel-you-back-home thing. Be a better me, son. Dick has no choice and can't leave. Do you know how crazy it is to try and step into your father's shoes? Dick then responds, I sure do, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, snap. Oh, boy. You didn't go there, Dick Grayson. Oh, wait. Yeah, you did. What are the kids doing? Uh, the, the Harlem Shake now? Do they still do that? Anyway, Babs wonders what will happen when it gets personal and loses someone close to Dick Grayson. Grayson goes, I'm not going to swing a crowbar around. I'm bringing in the Titans. Cut to Red Hood looking at a tablet. As a news reporter broadcasts, the Titans are coming to Gotham City. Uh, first, the Robin died. Now the Joker's dead? Uh-oh. Cut to Wayne Manor. Dick welcomes Beast Boy, Dove, Superboy, and Starfire. Once again, Raven's not there. Um, I guess they're just going to... I guess Jericho's gone he's in Rose's eyes, and he's, eh, they're done. So it's just Beast Boy, Dove, Superboy, Starfire, and Crypto. I don't know why Dove is there. I thought she was in D.C., but sure. Sure, why not? I guess she she's there now. We went from D.C. to suddenly you're in Gotham. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, Dick says that they aren't in San Francisco anymore. It's a different type of criminal in Gotham. And they see the bloody Robin suit in the Batcave and how they don't want to lose anybody else. Superboy then raises a question, Hannah asks a question, uh, if he can see the bat suit, no. How about the Batmobile? And then looks at Beast Boy and goes, "You told me to say it, you fucking asshole." Uh, <clears throat> and then we get a beep beep from Barbara Gordon, uh, which I guess is not like a community call; it's just for Dick Grayson. So we cut to the Gotham City Police Station again. So we now get introduced to the West Wing walkie-talkie hallway scene. Uh, I have a call here. Ann Williams, 34, marketing consulting, no record or terrorist group, widowed. She hasn't said anything, but there's a scribble note on a textbook that says, I need to talk to Nightwing. She puts on a red hood, and is, and then there's like a video uh, of her uh, wearing a red hood uh, and looks very scared. So you get it? Red, red hood? You guys get Okay, so let's stop for a second here. So uh, Red Hood uh, was the original alias for Joker, and he was an early petty criminal because his comedy sucked so much. He, he put on a giant red dildo hat and called himself Red Hood, and people were like, 
oh, wow, that's the Red Hood. Watch out, folks. It's the Red Hood. So in this hilarious callback, uh, I guess they just went to the costume shop uh, for The Handmaid's Tale and got a whole lot of red hoods to just put over uh, people's heads. Uh, so see callbacks, see red hood, red hoods, red hood, all funny, hilarious callbacks. Anyway, this video shows her dropping off a backpack uh, and then running away in an airplane terminal as it explodes in a random act of uh, terrorism uh, adjacent to many uh, terrorist plots that happened in many subway stations over the recent years. So uh, topical. She turns herself in and is in a holding cell. Nightwing enters. You know, Night Nightwing, my, my favorite. Yay. All right. <clears throat> Can you speak? Mm-mm. 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 The red hood you're wearing. Is it something to do with the Joker? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Why do you want to talk to me? Uh, and then she opens her sleeve and shows this really scarred tattoo, uh, like like a really bad tattoo gun mishap, and it has the number seven three five seven two zero two six six zero, which is a fun callback because the phone number back in the days uh, when they had Jason Todd in the Death in the Family arc, uh, Jason was held captive in a warehouse, and you got to vote. If Jason should stay alive, call 900-something-something-something. But if you wanted to kill Jason Todd, you call 1-900-720-2660. And uh, apparently someone did an auto-dial to that number, uh, paid a shitload of money, and that's why the Jason Todd blew up, went kabooey. But this is not a 900 number. This is a 735 area code. So uh, I think just for the sake of just being silly... I think we're just going to call this number up. So, uh, recently, let's see, 735 uh, 720 Let's call them up. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please hang up and redial the number, including the area code. Announcement by Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Yes, now you found out. I use Verizon Wireless. Uh, so, no, nothing happened with that. Um, all right. All righty. Um, well, that's kind of shame. I, I really thought there was going to be, like, some sort of, like, hey, this is the Red Hood. Stop calling this number, dick. But, oh, well. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, she then gets electrocuted because uh, Barbara Gordon calls the number in, in Gotham lore. And she's like, ah, ah, ah. Something in the vein starts electrocuting her. She then starts foaming in the mouth and then screams, make it stop. And then <laughs> snaps her own neck. Much to the confusion of Nightwing and Barbara Gordon. It had to be one of the weirdest out of context scenes I've ever seen in Titans. But yep, that happened. Anyway, let's cut to a, a new scene. We are back at the police precinct. So uh, Dick Grayson is over at Barbara Gordon's office uh, and looks at the photos. One photo of Barbara Gordon just smiling, being happy. Another of Jim Gordon just 
classic dad Jim Gordon because it's, it's coarse. Uh, the photo of Babs with uh, the dad with like an award of some kind, maybe like a certification of, of passing the Gotham Academy or something. And in between the two photos is this really happy photo of Babs, Commissioner Gordon, and Dick Grayson, all in fancy suits and dresses. Like maybe it was like prom night or a dress occasion, but it was a well-dignified party and it looked like they were all really happy together. But no time. Barbara sees the Dick Grayson's looking at those photos and then is like kind of confused and going, hmm. Then alerts him that they found Anne's daughter also in a red hood and says a strange man uh, snatched her out of bed. But this doesn't sound like a Joker copycat. What does he want? Like a red hood, get it? What any terrorist wants to create chaos, paranoia, fear, the noisy kind. The toxicology report says that she got injected with a chemical reaction that was basically a bomb, wondering if whoever was the culprit was military with a mental health issue, needing a profile. Babs explains that, uh, well, we do know someone who has, but you're not going to like it. We hired a consultant, but really, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like it. Uh, you're no, no, really, you're not going to like it. We hired Jonathan Crane. We hired Scarecrow. What the f- He's a crazy person! No! What are you doing? No! No! There's not a- Oh, no! He's a crazy person! Don't do- No! 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 Come on! Uh, we- Uh, this was Bruce's idea. He thought that Crane had value. What the f- Oh, God! Hmm. Cut to Wayne Manor. Starfire looks at Dick Grayson's bedroom, looks at the Flying Grayson's poster- it's now not really disarray. It kind of looks neat and tidy. Then sees a document. It's a contract from Wayne Manor. If I may read this. <clears throat> I, Richard D. Grayson, under no circumstances, not death, nor love, nor loneliness, will ever give comfort to fear. So, is D... It, it, so are we led to believe that Dick is the middle name in the in the Titans universe? Because, I mean, like, I'm not trying to say I'm an expert in anything, but in the comics, it, it's Richard John Grayson is his name. John. John's the middle name in honor of his dad, John Grayson, because his parents are John and Mary Grayson, the Flying Graysons of Haley Circus. So I, I'm kind of confused here. Richard is a shorthand for Dick. Like, that's why he's called Dick Grayson. They call him Richard now. They try to do the whole thing where he's Rick Grayson. It, <laughs> I guess it's Richard D. Grayson. If you wanted some sort of joke out of this, maybe it's like Monkey D. Luffy. There. Some anime reference for you kids. All right. <sighs> anyway, who cares? So, the document, I, Richard D. Grayson, under no circumstances, not death. Nor love, nor loneliness will ever give comfort to fear. As uh, Starfire looks in a document, blue goop filter uh, hits the screen, and we return to a Dad So Raven future view. Still in a spooky corridor, still looking onward as she can't move because she's stuck on a stretcher. Uh, and then a uh, panic attack. <clears throat> Cut to Beast Boy looking in the library, noticing the letter-bound first editions of books. Then notices Superboy is eating a sandwich, uh, with one of the letter-bound books as a plate. Beast Boy is very upset about this and wonders, were you raised in a barn? 
and makes the joke, test tube, actually. Then wonders, does Superman have a library? Beast Boy then goes, I don't know. I feel like he has a whole bunch of space rocks and shit. Then Corey starts venting in Tamaron. Uh, you know, and storms out the door. As they follow her uh, into the kitchen, she throws a fireball. Superboy deflects it with a cool vision, you know, the cool breath thing that. <laughs> and then something catches fire in the kitchen, probably like a roast or something. She then awakens from her uh, angry babble and wonders if that was just a grease fire. Womp, 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 womp. Cut to San Francisco. Uh, Justin is picking up the phone. Remember Justin from episode one? Uh, Starfire explains that there is a death in the family and talks about the episodes that occurred so far. It's kind of like a blacking out and torching the walls scenario. Justin says that it's a violent parasomnia episode. If this happens again, call me. I'll get you some medication. But if it doesn't, call me anyway. Justin, really macking on Starfire. And you know what? I can respect that. Cut to Dick Grayson going to Arkham Asylum. Ooh, Arkham. <clears throat> he goes into a corridor, a brick wall. Uh, Dr. Crane is right at the end of the hallway, but he's the only one there. Remember, this is uh, Fra this is not Fraser Crane. This is Jonathan Crane. <laughs> anyway, uh, he he basically tries to do his whole uh, angle. He wants some flour. He wants a thirty, some sort of thing, because he basically just wants some weed. He wants the good weed. He calls it flour in an interview with with Dick Grayson, and basically explains that when he's a good little doggy, they give me some treats, incentivizing that Jonathan Crane gets paid in weed. He's a... I, I guess he's now a stoner. It, 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 the good THC shit. Dick Grayson thinks it's all a bit, and it's, no, it calms me down. It calms me down, Dick. You don't understand anymore. Kind of like a weird situation where i guess <laughs> i guess it's some fucking situation here it's like scarecrow the guy who's his fear toxin to get what he wants is now in arkham city and i guess batman and barbara gordon's idea was what if he touches grass what if that's what we do we just let him touch the grass uh Jonathan Crane then explains, oh, you're that Dick Grayson, the carny kid. And it goes through like a whole ramble about, yeah, you know, the Batman guy. Blah, 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 blah. Then like the prodigal son, home again, home again, jiggity jig. Uh, okay, I don't care about any of this. I just want to know about this this guy, this, this guy that we're, that's the asylum. Uh, Crane then goes, my best guess he somehow knows who this Nightwing character really is, and he has some sort of jealousy complex. Maybe he has backgrounds in explosives, military con military construction, or simply just an internet mook. And then, right before Dick Grayson leaves, the bird's opening. That's where I, the bird's opening, made famous in chess. A king pawn opening. The two are connected, relying. The king moves stealthily in the shadows as the pawn are sent to the teeth of construction so that he can advance. Because, and then uh, Dick wonders, he's really smart at chess. Well, 
also the manual that this I need I need to talk to Nightwing is torn out from a chess manual. The the birds opening. Uh and that and that's the end of the Jonathan Crane scene, which we'll probably see more of over the course of a few episodes. Uh, so anyway, let me just uh, take a look here, see what happened to this uh, the actor play. It's Vincent Carthizers. You know that guy is kind of going places. I just wanna oh oh for variety. Vincent Carthizer investigated for inappropriate behavior on Titan season three set. Oh boy, <clears throat> from Variety. Vincent Carthizer was the subject of multiple investigations for his behavior on the set of Season 3 of the HBO Max series Titans, Variety has confirmed. Carthizer was cast as the villain Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, in the third season of the DC superhero show earlier this year. According to an individual of knowledge of the situation, Carthizer was the first subject of a complaint for what was described as making inappropriate comments on set. WBTV's Labor Relations Department investigated and found that this actions did not warrant being fired from the show, but did warrant corrective action. A second complaint was made sometime later, which led Warner Brothers Television to assign a representative to keep an eye on activities on the set. Due to COVID protocols, interviews were conducted virtually by the Burbank-based investigators. Reps for Warner Brothers Television declined to comment. Vincent Carthizer vehemently denies this allegation, a spokesperson for the actor said. Warner Brothers investigated this matter and made clear that Mr. Carthizer, its expectations for behavior on set, and he agreed to comply with their directives. Carthizer is best known for his role as Pete Campbell in the critically acclaimed AMC series Mad Men. His recent TV credits include Casual and The Path at Hulu, the Nat Geo miniseries Saints and Sinners, the Sky TV series Das Boot, and the OA at Netflix. His feature credits include starring opposite Melissa Leo and Adam Scott in the Netflix feature The Most Hated Woman in America, which premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Deadline for support of the allegations against Carthizer. Oh. Alright. Well, uh, I guess he got cancelled. Anyway, back away, Manor Grayson is looking at a virtual chess set on the back computers. And tries to see if it's a code for all the birds openings to see if there's a clue or a code, a phone number or a needle in the haystack. On the computer are six different phrases. Cat, 8224. Bruin, 5893. Robin, 7873. Xavier, 2289. BX, 1121. Uh, Can, Q-A-N-D, 3029. And then Leper, 8839. This points out that Anne, the victim of the first casualty of Red Hood, lived at 2289 Bluebird Way. And also points out that Robin is one of the clue names. All of the Gotham streets with bird names might be a clue because it's the birds opening. Bluebird Way, Condor Court, Finch Street, Falcon Way, Eagle Crest. As he's about to put the numbers of addresses to see who could be in danger. Hey guys, it's me, Hank. He pedaled as fast as he could. He also doesn't have that mustache anymore. He just kind of has that five o'clock shadow. Also, he doesn't know how to end. I guess he now knows how to enter the super protective bat cave by himself. But yeah, okay, sure, sure. I guess anyone could just enter the bat cave these days. All right.
Unless it's one sort of thing like, oh, you're a Titan, so you're easily able to get in, and we are longtime friends, something, something happens. Hank and Don get into a fight. Hank is upset. Don didn't tell him she was in Gotham City. Don tells him she doesn't need to tell him anything. She does her own thing. You do yours. When Don had died, they both went to D.C., but Don wanted to continue being Dove and suit up, and Hank says it's not that easy. Putting on the hawk suit and you not being there kind of sucks. Are you thinking of going back to D.C.? I don't know. That doesn't look like an overnight bag to me. And then Hank goes, this is Gotham. If you're going to dove, I'm going to hawk. We're still going to do this on-again, off-again relationship for this couple. I, I, I mean, I like them. I think they're likable characters, but this is just getting stupid. All right, let's go. We have work to do. Next time, send a text. Cut to the Gotham City Bird Streets. That's what it said on the screen. Gotham City Bird Streets. Hank and Don are looking at locations of people and can't find anybody at these locations. As Dick and Corey break into a house, Babs calls them up and lets them know that there's a robbery in progress. Four armed men and hostages, and they're all wearing red hoods. Cut to Bank of Gotham. Nightwing approaches Barbara. Barbara says that they are quiet and have no demands. Nightwing informs her that this is a setup and to pull back. This isn't a robbery. They are forced into this. They aren't criminals. They are parents thinking their kids are in danger. If you are wrong, this is a bloodbath. Stand down is said by Barbara and Nightwing. Hawk, Dove, and Corey enter the the bank. Each of us has a gunman to contain. They are scared or on drugs. Don't be surprised if they're on drugs. They're irrational. No sudden moves. No loud noises. Calmer the better. In the bank, there's a gun and a lady. Put the money in the bag. Don't. It's time. Do it. He has my son. They all show up and explain. We know somebody has your kids. We'll bring them back safe and sound. Cut to a parking garage nearby. Superboy and Crypto and Beast Boy are looking around. Superboy looks into a van and sees people in red hoods. He opens the door and rescues the kids. Yay. Uh, so we're all fine. We found the kids. Everything's going to be fine. Beast Boy then opens another van and sees more Red Hoods. But it's not kids. They're the parents! The Hoods are unmasked to reveal the drug dealers or from the first act of the show, and then a pew explosion goes off. And it blows up the entire bank, practically. The cops run towards the bank. Nightling apparently lives. LOL. <laughs> the big explosion that blows up the bank and Nightwing survives, I guess. Uh, he sees bank people waking up, wondering what's going on. Corey, Hawk, and Dev are not present in the scene, but I guess they live. Cut to police station. Babs is pissed because they got away with $25 million in the cops. It's almost like you gave them police escort, dick. It didn't happen when Batman was around. Be a better Batman. Those were the instructions, dick. Dick said that this is what they want. A distrust between both of them. Well, they should have called first because that box is already taken. Babs tells Dick that she'll take care of it from now on. It's police business. Blames him for her for telling her to stand down and blames herself for letting it happen. 
Cut to the Wayne Manor. Hawk is eating dog food. Hilarious. And then talks to Grayson about how it goes. And like classic DC television shows on the CW, let's talk about relationships. Hawk compares his relationship with Dawn to Dick's with Barbara's. And how it's about trust. Dick says Batman wouldn't have let it happen. Nobody is perfect, not even Batman. He told me the city is mine. That's kind of like asking your adult son to move back home, sleep in your bed, wear your old slippers. It's a little weird. Uh, who is going to see the hawk today? Then they joke about how Hawk repairs his suit. Uh, it costs forty thousand dollars, but got a dry cleaner for a hundred bucks. Dick makes fun of the bike shorts, and then Hawk jokes back, "Those are to protect and serve, motherfucker." Those were actual lines. In this prestige television show about DC properties. Dick Lisa checking on Corey, and then uh, before he goes, Hawk gives this word of advice. Whoever is this guy fucking with us, he's going down. And we're going to be the ones doing it. So, so chin fucking up, amigo. Cut to a part of the Wayne Manor where there's a chess game. Beast Boy's with Corey in the bat cave. Beast Boy's trying to figure out the bird's opening and what it means. Superboy's reading a chess book and laughs about how Bobby Fischer removed fillings because he thought the Russians are spying on him. Beast Boy sighed as a defensive move and then asked Superboy to look up the five best defensive moves against the bird's opening. Fromm's Gambit, the modern defense. Fianchetto, Hobbs Gambit. Then it leads to an aha moment about the Hobbs Powder Building that dealt in explosives. A call to cops about a lady being taken in and the guy wearing a red hood. The team thinks it's a fake call and wants to warn Barbara. But unfortunately, uh, Dick believes she's not taking my calls today. The cops are run over, but then, oops, tires pop because spike trap and they can't move. The guy goes, the cop should have been here by now to lure the trap. But then, tiger, here comes a green tiger that you see time and time again on Titans. Starfire melts a gun with her fire blast and then a three-on-one attack with Superboy. It's time for a song break. Here is Sail On by Sharon Ones and the Dap Kings. So, Superboy uh, shrugs as the baddie is running and runs right towards his pets. Whoops. A guy with a gun investigates and slowly Hawk goes, Maybe you can help. I'm always puzzled over something. A chicken or the egg sort of question. Nature or nurture? To which Dove responds, were you born an asshole? Or did you just wake up one day and became the world's biggest douchebird? Then it's all clear. So as it's all clear, cut to Nightwing. Walking in the plant. And uh-oh, smoke bomb. What took you so long? I could have hired a Skyrider. But good job with the chess clue. Yeah, that wasn't me. I had my team. You had yours. Yeah, we're expendable. Just like the Titans. Pew, 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 pew. Who are you? The one who they'll turn to when you let them down. 
Gotham, it's mine now. We'll see about that. Uh, Nightwing then throws a wingding. Red Hood then shoots his automatic rifle. Nightwing does some backflippy-doos. Red Hood taunts. Nightwing throws in a scrim-a-stick. Red Hood catches a scrim-a-stick. Electrocuted by the scrim-a-stick, a surprise attack. A single scrim versus a gun is used for a physical duel. Then Red Hood pulls a knife. It gets flung out of his hands by an scrim-a-stick. Nightwing whacks Red Hood with an scrim and a piece of his helmet falls off. And then in really piss-poor CGI, it is revealed that it is Jason Todd. Are you are you shocked? Bruce always told me you were better than me with the toys. Wait, well, wait. He said that, right? I just have to reread that. Bruce always told me you were better than me with the toys. Oh god, that's gonna be used out of context for years to come in like Bat Family slash fiction. First the duffel bag number two, and now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dick Grayson shocked it's Jason and goes, Jason, in living color, I got a new name, bro. You're going to hear about it a lot here. Red Hood. Pew, 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 pew. He then hides and then after a break looks back and then Red Hood uh, does the Batman disappearing act. No one's around. Uh, Nightwing's just confused, and then I guess he just walks away. And then we end with end credit sequence with Bad Bite by 68. Yeah, that's that's the episode. So it, it wasn't necessarily as good as episode one, but you got your dream sequence of a Red Hood Nightwing fight sequence, which I'm guessing you'll be seeing constantly, kind of the same keen as a Deathstroke fight. Uh, in season two, uh, it's not necessarily the worst episode. It's still very cringy in certain parts, such as talking the relationship thing. Uh, but it does seem like they kind of have their head on straight when it comes to just telling an arc. It just seems like now, instead of just like things going nowhere, they're just getting all of their shit done episode after episode because they're just on overhaul now for how to handle this this show. Um, but if, uh, you don't want to talk about Titans and for my obligation, there is a new show on, uh, HBO Max. It's a dating show. So it's called F-Boy Island. Uh, F-Boy, as you know, is called Fuckboy. Fuckboy Island. And it's a dating show similar to Love Island and other dating shows like that, like Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, but it's sort of complex, so the premise is that there are three women looking to find love. Uh, and in a suit of 40 people, there are people who really are there to find love. And they're really nice guys. And if you get to know them, they're there to find true love. But on the opposite side, there are 20 other people. They're just played all fuckboys. They're not there to find love. They're there to have sex. They're there to fuck. And if they are the ones that are chosen at the end of this dating experiment, they'll be walking out of the island with $100,000. And Nick Glazer is the host, uh, famous for doing Blind Date. Uh, and it is an enjoyable reality show. 
when it comes to game shows, a lot of them were in a relationship, like Love Island. I mean, they're they're sort of a cult phenomenon because of just models making out in hot tubs. Um, but when it came to F Boy Island, it sort of re- reminded me a lot about uh, things like For Love or Money back in the early days of reality television. It also reminded me a bit about uh, things like Gay Straight or Taken. Uh, that's another game show uh, where there was like a dating thing where the winner is either gay, straight, or taken. If they're gay, well, they have a boyfriend you win, and they win the date. If they're straight, then you win the date, and that's good. But if they're taken, uh, the guy and the girlfriend takes the trip and not you. Uh, this is sort of just that, but extended it out for multiple episodes with three contestants only. And... It's basically a test about love or money and who's there for love and who's there for sex. Almost like too hot to handle uh, in a way when it came to that reality show experiment about finding love, but there's a twist. Uh, And I will say it's really funny and really uh, an enjoyable experience. Uh, If you just want to see douchebags just think that they can get it, you're going to see them get basically shut down within the first two episodes, and it's really hilarious. And then when it gets closer to the end, where people are just being really good actors, it becomes a real challenge and almost like a mystery game even for the viewers of who's playing it safe and who's being a fuckboy. And it almost is kind of like a good description about men in terms of dating, of who's there to be nice, who's there to just fuck uh does love really matter in modern day what is a fuck boy what is a nice guy can nice guys be fuck boys can fuck boys be nice guys it's really a great uh social experiment kind of show um and it's only on hbo max so uh if you are ever in the market for watch a dating reality show i really do highly suggest watching this hilarious and really thought-provoking reality show called f-boy island which is funny because the show's called f-boy it's fuckboy island and i just think that's really funny the show with just such a ridiculous name and ridiculous concept was actually kind of smart in a way and silly it's great and i enjoy it so that is going to do it here uh for the titans season three episode two red hood recap join me next time for season three episode three where I believe it's uh, it's Hank and Dove. I think that's the episode. I have to do that soon anyway. Anyway, thanks for watching. And as I always say, I, Richard D. Grayson, under no circumstances, not death, nor love, nor loneliness, will ever give comfort to fear. Good night. <laughs>